What's up and welcome to a very special episode of a kind of funny hype cast. Uh, we partnered with Square Enix for uh, doing a special little something, getting prepared, getting hyped, getting excited for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out on February 29th, 2024. I've already reviewed it. You can check that out. Uh, Imran and Bless and Roger and Barrett all gave their thoughts of it as well over on uh, the kind of funny games cast. You can check that out. But I haven't talked to these two. Two gentlemen about this um but specifically mike hasn't even played rebirth yet at nope. all and uh, andy you're pretty uh early on as well yeah i'm about 18 hours in uh i don't know how many chapters there are but like i'm getting close to like double digit chapter numbers i may actually already be there actually but um i'm a decent amount of the way in i'm having a real good time with it so far and i can't wait to like finally be able to fully talk about it yeah i'm worried about spoiling stuff for mike but i also feel like it's so hard to spoil this game you know well let's just start this off there will yeah. be no spoilers here for final fantasy 7 mm -mm. rebirth you can rest assured mm -mm. this is looking back at how we got here this is looking back at the excitement specifically final fantasy 7 remake that snowbike mike just played for the very mm -hmm. first time so let's get this out of the way of course i am tim gettys i'm joined by the nitro rifle andy cortez hello tim and the master of hype snowbike mike Hello, Tim. Thanks for having me. It, this is exciting. Thank you to everybody for watching. Thank you to Square. Like, I am so excited about this because we just got done for my first time ever playing Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and man, oh, man, was it a special time. It's I been, can't wait to talk about it. It's been a special experience. Yeah. And, like, you know, Mike broke my heart a couple times by streaming it without me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like... And I did feel kind of heartbroken, but I had to watch the recap of the lore videos that Mike was doing with yep. his uh, PowerPoint presentations. Incredible. And um, and that did catch me up because, again, I, I played this back in the day, Tim. When mm -hmm. we came out, like, I was part of the review crew. I yeah. reviewed it. It was one of those, it was one of those, like, I was right up against the deadline and I, like, I finished it. I was texting Tim, like, how much longer do you think I have? I was like, oh, man, I think I can actually do this. I was on, like, three hours sleep for that review, I remember. And that was an awesome time because Final Fantasy VII Remake was really the first time I, I truly vibed with the franchise. I loved the combat. The Final Fantasy in general. In, in general. Like, I played Final Fantasy X back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, Excellent game. And my cousin had seven, and I remember seeing about 40 discs, uh, you know, all over the bed. It was three. And I was like... This time it's two. But, like, no, but that was cool to me. Oh, like, I was like, dude, this is insane. I can't believe this. But it wasn't really until 10 that I was uh, buying... Game Pro magazines and Ooh. Game Informer and like drawing all the characters and and again like I as somebody who never played seven I bought uh, Advent Children on DVD because I just loved the characters and I loved drawing them and I loved seeing these incredible visuals so my history goes back with like I don't know a whole lot about the the early days of what the early story was and that's why remake was like hard to spoil what's gonna happen for me because I haven't experienced this story. But uh, it was still incredibly special. Uh, and so Remake, yeah, when that came out, that was like, wow. Whoa. Even looking now, during the playthrough, how wow. many times are we looking at, wow. again, it's the PS5 up-res version, but the amount of times you're looking at the screen is going like, dude, this is an old-gen game. 
and it looks like this. Yeah, it's incredible. No, it it really it really is incredible. I mean, just thinking again about the timeline of this, that I I just get so excited about it because it felt like it was impossible that Final Fantasy VII remake was ever going to actually happen. Yeah. I've been hearing rumors about this since I was like legitimately eleven years old. Like to the the rumors, and and you know it's because uh, when the PS3 was first announced, like they showed a tech demo of the opening of Final Fantasy VII done in PS3 style, and we're all like. Oh, they're doing it and then like we're not doing it we're not doing it and then years and years and years later at um i want to say it was uh psx they they came out they're like hey we're we're, we're doing it we're going back i was and, there and and they announced uh, 2016 right? uh they announced final fantasy um 7 coming to ps4 but it was just the original version and everyone's like oh wow and then it, it like i think it was less than a year later at e3 they announced it's actually it's actually happening you were at that E3? I know. I was at the PSX where they showed like oh. a long sort of like portion oh. of the gameplay. That was so that was yeah. um, the follow up. That was like E3. They announced the remake was actually happening. Thank you so much, Barrett, for bringing it up. And I mean, I think it goes without saying this was the most exciting E3 trailer moment oh. ever. Like, I, I, I think it's it's it definitely, in my opinion, is between this and maybe like the Twilight Princess reveal back in the day because yeah. of how exciting that was. But this felt unreal. And then. For the game to come out a couple years after this and kind of live up to all those expectations was so so special and then now a couple years later getting the follow-up man it's it is a great time the best time to be a final fantasy 7 fan mm -hmm. i know we're just getting started that's concerning. but like what what was it about seven that you know six and five and four didn't necessarily pop off in the same way was it the sort of translation to these 3d visuals where you're kind of being able to see these characters more? Is it is it fans really, really, uh, you know, kind of feeling like they have a relationship with these characters? You know, I, like, I, what you know, was it that kind of, like, made Seven the big hitter? Well, so here's the thing. I would say that, like, it's funny that you say, like, like oh, four or five and six. I mean, like, those all. No, I. I of course, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, those. They wouldn't were, exist if they, were, if they, they were, weren't I mean, bad. A yeah. big, big deal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that, when we look back at the legacy and history of Final Fantasy, like, Mike, I don't even know if you, you knew this, but, like, Final Fantasy, all the Final Fantasies weren't even released in America. At the time Seven came out, there had only been three Final Fantasies. Oh, wow. So it was Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 7, because what we had as Final Fantasy 3 was actually Final Fantasy 6 uh, in Japan. And uh, Final Fantasy 6 was a huge, huge yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. Super Nintendo game, like really pushing the Super Nintendo of like what that means. A lot of people's that. favorites entry. And, yeah. and it's, it is incredible. I hope one day it gets a remake. Um, uh, hopefully in the HD 2D style, like Octopath Traveler. Oh, wow. Be but um Final Fantasy 7 was so special because it was the first PlayStation title, right? Mm -hmm. So first 3D Final Fantasy, but also Square has always pushed the limits of tech uh in their games. And we even see it to this day of like how hard they go with um so much of the the, the technical elements of it. And even what I was talking about earlier, the tech demo of pushing the PS3. Let's see if we can like create the intro using this new hardware, or whatever, and it looked amazing. But Final Fantasy 7 was one of the first examples of um man i don't even know what you call it now at full motion video like cg cutscenes. yeah like, like and actually like being able to cinematics see, cinematics and uh that felt like oh this is, i'm watching a movie like i'm playing the game but like the, it's more than just like reading text there was a lot of reading text but like i didn't think i'd see cloud look movie. this way in this sort of like yeah almost pixar or whatever the hell you know without the original having these isometric backgrounds um that were um like beautifully rendered yeah pre-rendered pre-rendered pre yeah like, like all that stuff came together to 
make it larger than life and also what an amazing cast of characters you know i feel like like all of that just kind of like like gelled together at a time that i feel like people were ready for video games to start growing up with them ah. i think final fantasy 7 uh was a great example of that happening so um then obviously moving on to to where we're at now i mean mike like you you mentioned advent children earlier andy like did you watch the dvd back then like, oh when you yeah oh yeah because yeah. it, it's just cool it, 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 okay so like we watched it last night and i had just this weird like nostalgic flashback of my dad just being stoked that I had something cool for him to like put loud on the stereo system. Yeah. And so like that was one of those that you pop in and my dad just loves visuals. He doesn't care what it is. He's just like, wow, look at the fabric on that guy's collar is insane. And then watching it again yesterday, like having the same thought of like, dude, like this, this movie looks way better than I thought it would have. Oh. Before we were wondering like, how's this going to age, right? way more impressive than i could have imagined because i just assumed yeah it's a really old cinematic movie the real-time stuff probably looks better than it does back then mm -hmm. it's still really close like i i was very very impressed by the visuals in advent children yeah so last night we went to a movie theater and got Ooh, to watch advent what children. a treat it was a treat it was it was awesome man I, I i've never seen it in theaters so that was so special but uh also like everything andy's saying like it's still just as fun as it's oh, always been one of those i had music. to buy at um at suncoast oh yeah because they didn't sell it i don't remember sell, like seeing it at a best buy or walmart i had to go to like a specialty place where you would get all the anime at you yeah know? i mean well that that's the thing too with uh talking about square and pushing the tech for Forward. I mean, like looking at their um, their their drive to make these type of of movies or whatever they were, whether it's movies or games or something in between, like just pushing these stories forward and creatively showing them off. Like Advent Children was them being like, "We're gonna flex. We're gonna do this." Like this, that was a time when there weren't CG movies like that coming out. Like it was Pixar stuff and DreamWorks stuff, and that was pretty much it. And they're like, "No, we're going to go very hard." And in a lot of ways, it kind of defined the look of how we think about Final Fantasy VII uh, in a more modern way, especially when you look at things like Remake and, oh. and Rebirth. So, so Mike, I want to get you off the bench here because there's a lot to talk about. There, there is, there um, is. So what what is your very brief history with Final Fantasy VII? Uh, there's zero history with it, Tim. You know, I think I've heard about it back in the day, um, but there was zero interest. There was no jumping in point for me ever. I didn't have any friends that were talking about Final Fantasy back in the day. I didn't have the console to play Final Fantasy at the time. And so for me, it was a foreign idea to play this game. And now to this point of like, I never thought I'd be into Final Fantasy, but I've tried. I tried with 15. I gave it a little test. I tried with 16. I gave it a little test, but this was the one where I was like, I'm living in the perfect timeline where I can play Final Fantasy VII Remake and go right into Rebirth, right? And we've lined this up perfectly where we made a lot of great streams out of it. I've gone on an incredible journey with Andy. And now I live in the best timeline because guess what? Next week I get to play the next one. And that is like the coolest situation to be in. Getting to see the movie with you guys. I mean, it adds so much to the game, but also at the same time, like, Seeing Cloud for the first time on that motorcycle when they introduce him is the coolest thing around. It is honestly the coolest thing. Or when the whole gang shows up and you're like, oh my God, like look at them all on the big screen. Like how cool is that? And it also left me with some questions. I love right? that. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And that's the best part about all this. You talk about me living my best life and my best timeline. I have so many questions. I have so many thoughts. I now get to be that person like, yo. Let's talk about this because I got some ideas of where this could have gone. And you know, that's, that's again, we were saying there's going to be no rebirth spoilers. So you do not need to worry about that at all. But 
just to be clear if it isn't already, we will be going into spoilers for Remake specifically and Advent Children because we did just watch it, so we want to talk about mm. that as well. Um, I will just make allusions even to the original. The original is its kind of own thing, so take that for for what it is. But what you're bringing up here, Mike, about the, the theorizing and the conversations and the, there's so many questions, what are the answers? I feel like that's core to the identity of Final Fantasy VII. That always has been, dating back to the original. Like, uh, I remember my friends telling me before I even played it, they were like, yeah, I don't know what this is or what about that? Did you get this character? And I was like, this is wild that like a game can make you think these things, make you care enough to have questions that weren't just, oh, they didn't have an answer. It's, oh, there's an answer, but they're actually making me think about it. And like, I thought that's always been really cool, but then you add on all the side stories and the Advent Children and even with how Remake uh, is and ends and everything. One of my favorite things is the friendships that I've made over the years with uh, some of my best friends. My best friend, Curran, his favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy VII, and he put me onto it and bonding with him over these characters in this world. Yes. To this day is special to me and like we talk about that and now people like imran like in my modern adult life i'm making friends i mean obviously you two are great examples as well like so much of our friendship is based around our shared interests and one of those shared interests is this love of final fantasy 7 remake and now rebirth and, and all of it so really really cool stuff but having the conversation of like what do you think's happening did you like this thing like what about this what's going to happen there like so much fun and they they really give you a lot to do that with oh especially early on if you have no idea what's jumping in you don't know what's happening right i'm looking at andy all the time going they're freaking out off of the mako you know it's a mako freak out it's all mako dream <laughs> it's all a dream andy they, you just don't see it yet but the cool part like you said is all the questions and the iconic characters and the locations and the music put this perfect blend of like every moment that we played i had a blast every time i stopped all I thought about was what we just played and where we have to go next. Cause it goes on an awesome journey. Right. And yeah. getting to vibe with, you know, you meet Jesse and we go on a date with Jesse and that date goes wild. Right. I mean, we're on motorcycles and we're getting chased. We're taking it to the red line and I'll never forget that. And that's something special to me. When I think of my experience with this is like, there are some moments here I'll never, ever forget. So uh, let's let's go to you, Andy, on this. Final Fantasy VII Remake, you played it, you reviewed it with us back in the day, which is funny to even call that back in the day, <laughs> just being a couple years ago. But um, what what are your thoughts, a couple years removed, watching Mike play, sitting with him the entire time about Remake? Still extremely impressed by production values, by the gameplay, and how much of the core gameplay um, is still so in service to what's happening on the screen dealing with all the different materia and all the elements and looking for weaknesses and playing that Pokemon game of uh, rock, paper, scissors, the electricity going after the robots, the fire going after the humans and the, the beasts or whatever. Um, I think it's just such a well-crafted experience. I am still like, after experiencing some of what's happening in Rebirth, still like extremely impressive what they were able to pull off in terms of uh, visuals, um, world design, levels, characters, dialogue, having these back and forths, forming bonds, making these relationships feel real, making these relationships feel uh, like lived in. And you have these, uh, maybe you went through some, maybe you went through some bad stuff with, uh, with one character in the past, but now you're making amends and you're kind of seeing the relationship change over time. There's small, just little amazing hints uh, like this sequence that we're watching here with Aerith and Cloud. 
And I, I, it, it's such a small little thing, but the high five moment oh. where Cloud goes there for the high five. And she's like, oh, shit, you want a high five? And he's like, uh, ne- never mind. Like seeing that little small growth from uh-huh. a character yep. who is this brooding character who's dealt with a lot of stuff in his past. And that's what's made him this rugged jerk, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's very closed off. I don't, I never want to like get into my feelings. I am masculine and nobody talked to me, even though I'm like the prettiest boy I've ever seen in my life. But he like, seeing him open up again and be willing to accept people it's just so like beautifully done um i after playing it i was amazed by it when i first played it in 2020 this is my first time re-experiencing it because i usually don't replay a lot of games just the nature of the industry and us having a lot of things to to play still blown away by it like i i i was wondering how is this going to age for me at you know four years later after having a lot of kind of banger hits in the past couple years Still being absolutely blown away by the gameplay elements. Oh my, yeah, active time battle. Yeah, right. Ju- like, just, uh, just all of the. On. One of the most thrilling things ever was watching Mike fight the goddamn house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Hell House. <laughs> like dude. the Hell House fight was so incredible, and yeah, Chad is getting mad at us because maybe we're not fully <laughs> using all the abilities, and and then I look at Mike's thing, I'm like, oh, Mike, you haven't leveled up anything. What are we doing? But we, we we fight through it and we find our way and I'm still like absolutely blown away by what Square was able to pull off with this remake and and also I'm just kind of blown away by the reception from the diehards. Mm-hmm. That's such a hard thing to pull off to make the people that have been there since day one to make them happy. Yeah. How are you going to satisfy the people that like is the real core audience that you're going for? And for people like you and for people who have played Final Fantasy VII back in the day and to be like, wow, this is better than you could have imagined a remake to be. It's just insanely impressive. It, it really is. And uh, you were talking about remakes specifically. And, you know, we played it on the PS4. But then they came out with the PS5 version. Right. Um, Intergrade that also included uh, a, like a DLC, like a, an extent, expanded story uh, focusing on Yuffie. Um, and one cool thing is the twin pack is available of Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth for the same price as just buying the game. So oh. you can get both games on PS5 uh, for the $70, um, which I think is cool for them to, to put it out there. Obviously, remake leading into to Rebirth. Like, there's a lot of game there, right? So get on if you want to. But, Mike, lot of you, let's talk God, more about it. Cool. Remake, right? I mean, like, you want to talk about the characters. You want to talk about the story. Because, Tim, let me tell you what. Nothing's cooler than the intro of seeing Avalanche, getting to meet Barrett, and then what happens? Cloud with the coolest intro and entrance you've ever seen jumping off the train big buster sword on his back and we're going to go do some stuff and i mean from the mako reactor blowing up to getting out going and seeing the top of the plate i mean we're talking about midgard right and it's like oh there's the top side but then we go down into the slums and venturing through that to seventh heaven meeting tifa and like Andy said it so well, right? Of like this mercenary, this merc who just wants to get paid. But then you see Tifa and it's like, oh, they're childhood friends. And you can see him open up just a little bit, but I'm still here for my money. And like Avalanche and Bear, it's like, well, you're kind of in, but you're not really in. You're kind of out. And then, you know, we need you and you're back again. And Jesse needs you and you start building these bonds. And I mean, from the moment go, I knew I was going to be on an awesome journey and I could keep going down this. The wall market, right? Seeing that. That was so cool. Trying to go save Tifa, what we had to do to get to Tifa and go see Don is like, man, this was cool, right? And then the underground fighting pit, like Andy brought up with the Hell House and like getting a dress, 
That was wild. There's just so Doing many. the bee dance. The, the bee scene. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the, Andy and the bees were so special. Like, I fell in love with some bees there. Yeah. Like, that was crazy, you know? And it all looks so good, and it's so magical. And it's crazy that, like, when if you asked me before this experience, what is Final Fantasy VII? I would be like, ah, it's probably some fantasy game. Maybe there's some monsters. I don't know. Like, And then you see that, and you're like, Wow, look at this world they created, right? I'm fighting mechs, these giant, the Airbuster fight. Now, oh all of a sudden, God. I'm fighting the house. Now, I'm fighting this giant demon dog in the sewers. Like, it is so much fun in the journey you go on. And then meeting different characters that are like, I'm not on your team, but now I'm on your team because I didn't like that guy. And like, I'm going to help you out. And we're going to find a way topside because I know you got to keep going. And then I'm grappling up the top of the wall. And it's this beautiful thing. The plate falls. I could go down the whole list. I can tell you the whole story right now. It's that good. I and I love started. hearing this from you, it's Mike. So like, like to, to, to know you so well and to know the type of games you like or the things you don't like, but also knowing like the anime you like and like oh. the things that, that really get you going. I knew that there was potential here. I did not expect you were going to be this excited. Like hearing you playing in the lab while in the other room, freaking out about everything was like so special. I, I was like in the restroom and I heard him yell. <laughs> <laughs> like legit, legit. And I, I also think it's like such a great topical, applicable story to yeah. now. Like, and, and I know that's it, it's kind of been a story you could have told for a long time and it'd always be applicable, but it like it's never felt more. Yeah like present than here today than this company just sucking all the planet's resources dry for money and for capitalism and we are avalanche and we want to stop that and that moment uh like it was so cool watching mike react to the moment where oh the bomb didn't go off jesse's bomb kind of like messed up and then we see it we see the the heads of shinra they're watching the whole time like yeah, blow that, blow that up. Let's, uh, get the gunners going, and then it's like, oh shit, they're they want this to blow up because it's a false flag. They like, dude, it's like so sick, dude. It's yeah. like such a topical, cool, feels like a Mission Impossible type story. Like, it's it's awesome. The government kind of being against the people is like always a really cool story and I, I just appreciate the the angles and directions they take with it it's so cool we are brought to you by final fantasy 7 rebirth final fantasy 7 rebirth is a standalone game that welcomes fans and newcomers alike you don't need to have played final fantasy 7 remake or any other final fantasy titles to play and enjoy final fantasy 7 rebirth the combat is not traditional turn-based and has more action-focused gameplay with even deeper improvements since remake with new synergy attacks and team-based combos and there are large open sections to explore with Cloud and his comrades venturing across the planet, their fates unwritten, making every step in the expansive world outside Midgar fresh and mysterious. And of course, there are dozens of mini-games. There's a story recap video of Final Fantasy VII Remake for those interested in learning more about the story so far, and those looking to experience Final Fantasy VII Remake fully can pre-order the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth Twin Pack, which includes the game plus the DLC episode Intermission at no extra cost. You can download and play a demo of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth right now on the PlayStation Store, and you can pre-order the game in the link in the description. The wait is almost over. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is out February 29th. Get hyped. And it feels like when you first start, it's like, oh, this is the world. 
There's nothing outside of the plate and underneath the plate. Like, you don't know yeah. what else is out there. But there's something out there, right? They allude to it multiple times. They're like, oh, there's something else out there. There are people out there. And it's like this big mix. Like Andy said, like, the pot is boiling. We're adding in ingredients. And eventually, it's going to burst. And sure enough, it did burst, right? And then Shinra put it all on us. And we... We're fighting for our lives. We're trying to tell the people we did good down there, but they don't believe us. They're not happy that Shinner dropped the plate on the slums. And like, that was our fault, right? Or so they thought. And it was like wild to see that. And then going to meet Aerith for the first time and meeting the Turks for the first time. I the mean, Turks. there are incredible moments in this every single time you play. And I think that's the wild part to me is I could go down the entire story and you could just go awesome moment. Great. I mean, Entrance, awesome moment. Fighting the Scorpion at the first reactor, awesome moment. Blowing it up, but then seeing Shinra working in the background, awesome moment. Going back to the slums, meeting Tifa for the first time, understanding who Cloud is, incredible moment. Her saying, hey, you could build up your rep here. Like, you could make this a home. Like, I, I need you around in my life, dude. You don't got to run away. And he's like, eh, I'm kind of an awesome moment, right? To Jesse going, hey, I'm really awesome incredible human being. I'm like, Jesse, I'll give you my entire life, whatever you want. And she's like, let's go on. Mike was, felt that it. I, was that Cloud or was that Mike then? <laughs> Me, everything you want. And she's like, I got a plan for us, but let's not tell anybody. And then, of course, the gang has to be involved because we're a gang and we're all friends. And like, now you're going with Wedge and Biggs. We go to Jesse's mom's house. She's making us pizza. We're stealing her dad's card. And it's like, you get this beautiful moment of like, what is it like for others, right? Like, Jesse lives this interesting life of her parents live topside. Her father works for Shinra. But we also see the negative sides of what happens working around these chemicals and what it could do to a family. And the mom just wants to see Jesse. And Jesse's like, no, mom. Like, um, I got to save the plan. I got to save us. And she's like, please, just work at the local playhouse. I miss you. And she's like, I got to go, mom. And then we get on a motorcycle. And all of a sudden, we meet the coolest dude ever. And he's fighting us on a motorcycle. And I'm like, oh, my God, Roche, you're so cool. And he's like, we're going to take it to the red line every time we fight. And I was like, this is incredible. And then we get to Shinra. We sneak in. And, of course, it's all going to hell because crazy stuff's happening. And then we get introduced to more avalanche. And it's like, oh, it turns out that, yeah, we might be avalanche. But, like, they kicked us out of avalanche because we're too hardcore. But they got guns and stuff. So, like. Who's who, who knows who? And then, oh my god, anytime there was a noise, Mike would go, <laughs> it, he would <laughs> never called him Roach, it was always Rody. <laughs> anytime there was a sound, oh my god, Rody. I was like, Mike, he's not coming back for a while. Mike. He, he wanted to test us. He Mike wanted Rody to be the star of the show. The I whole I needed him to be the star of the show. I love that. So then, of course, we keep going. It's like, hey. <laughs> oh my god the whispers too and then you wake up to the whispers and like now they're affecting everybody and we jesse rolls an ankle and it's like you're back on the squad and it's like well you didn't want me on the squad and he's like you're on the squad and you're like okay i'll go the, to the squad the mystery of oh we're the only ones seeing the whispers and then you run outside when they're all there yep. in in sector seven and you see tifa freaking out you're like oh sh everybody sees the whispers Everybody's it's not just us so what's wild, going so. on here i you mean know? to the first time you meet the turks with reno and rude and they see the whispers oh, too and it's like what is going on with these whispers it's right? about to fall and the one whisper saves and you're oh. like oh what's that are they bad yes huh and it may like what the hell's going dude oh that's such a great little tip off to like what is actually happening and the story just keeps building i, I could keep going down but like you know what's complimenting the story so much the music and that is what I'm so excited to hear now in number two for Rebirth because getting out of that movie, I was like, oh my gosh, they just continue to hit us with incredible music. 
and that Sephiroth theme is so good. One Winged Angel, man. It's it's oh. so funny. When like, Andy told me that was his name, I my jaw dropped. <laughs> my jaw dropped to the floor. I, I can't believe it. When that, that one wing popped out, I was like, the one winged angel. And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were so weird. Yeah. So good. So like, it's so funny hearing him talk about the soundtrack because me being halfway through Rebirth, I'm like, Mike, you don't know a damn thing. And right now, Barrett and Tim go, Andy, you don't know a damn thing. Because like what I've experienced is so exciting already. And then I've told Tim where I'm at in the game. He's like, oh, dude, the music at this place and at this place just keeps on escalating. I mean, they said in the state of play, 400 new recorded tracks for Rebirth. Insane. And again, we're talking about the foundation being one of the best game soundtracks of all time. But now they're just like, we, we got to fill some of the biggest games ever with music. And they do. There's yep. just so many variations, so many amazing themes. And like, that's the thing, man. Like they... I really think of Final Fantasy VII and Star Wars as very similar and for, for so many of the most amazing reasons of such a great diverse cast of characters that we just want to root for, great villains, great themes music-wise and just like like vibe-wise of who they all are and how they connect to each other. Like it is, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And, you know, hearing these these songs for decades at this point for me, but you know, just a couple weeks for you and a couple years for you. It's like, it's the repetition that really makes you realize how special it all is. So that when eventually you do hear the like violin chords, you're like, oh, that's Sephiroth. You yeah, know what I mean? Means. It's like, there, there's artistry to the music. That's not just, oh, this sounds dope. It, builds it also sounds dope, yeah. but there's a, a, a reason for it, you know? It's got to be so much fun in the room when they make all this music. Like, that's my one dream is, like, to be in the room when they, like, they all come together and, like, here's the vision. And then you just start hearing it being pieced together. Like, unbelievable. Like, oh, <laughs> At the end of the day, they're probably got, they all got to be high-fiving in that room. And, yeah, like you said, <laughs> the villains, too, right? You get introduced to the president of Shinra. I was calling him Big H, but his right-hand lieutenant on the security side. And then meeting more, right? Like, there's so many more evil villains that we got to meet plus the Turks and then all of a sudden Shinra's president's son is there and he's, he is the coolest dude on planet earth he's got the coolest counters to every move me and Andy are throwing at him carrying everything and dude. he looks at us and he goes there's a new era of Shinra here and you're like what does that mean no but the, no. Cool, the, cool, the coolest <laughs> thing after the boss fight is Rufus being yeah he drops that line there's a new Shinra there's a new era of Shinra coming <laughs> As he's holding his hand out, <laughs> no look grabs the helicopter as it's yeah. taking him away. I was like, how did they plan that? Oh how did that motor that helicopter? Oh, I said motorcycle. I mean helicopter. Yeah. Rude, the helicopter. Rude, you know, dude, yeah. just like kind of like pulling him away. Like, dude, that was the coolest exit ever. You know, like that whole sequence was incredible. Um, and then we get to the end of it. Um, and we had some people in chat being like, Andy, who do those three whispers represent i was like dang i don't know no idea. and they were like yeah. well how we if you're gonna watch avon children tonight you're gonna you you'll learn and that was something that was so incredibly exciting to me and imran last night in the the theater as we're watching this movie because before the movie they showed this little like hype clip for rebirth and they um had uh some of the, the devs talking about oh. uh why they're doing this and like you know obviously it's marketing but also like here's how they might may relate may not relate whatever they specifically confirmed a theory that we've had since the game came out that some of these like fighting whisper bosses represent the 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 three the, i guess they are the advent children 
Um, the brothers. Like yeah. the, the brothers that are yeah. like, you know, Sephiroth, whatever. Um, Laws, Kadaj. Kadaj, and I forgot the other one. And another one. Um, I just wish. What, I'm I not just, crying. He always yeah. says, I'm not yeah. crying. I, I, one thing I wish two of them had a little bit more different hair. Mm. The two with the straight hair. Now, I, I wish one of them had a, a more different cut because that one guy uh, had the, 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 the silly one. I yeah. had that, that, you know, little swoop. He had that kind of gin. From Tekken look. Yep. I wish both of the other, the other ones had like maybe a little something yeah. different. Oh, I love I love they all had their Beautiful own unique hair. weapons. So and then the when they got the materia and they're putting it on, you're like, this is so cool. Yeah. So they each had their own unique weapons that of course we noticed when we were kids watching this movie. I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the bosses have those weapons. So that's why when we yes, first played no, remake, that. we're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. They have those weapons, but it was like, oh, that's just a nice little nod. And, it, you know, still is just a nice little nod. But it was really cool to have them actually confirm it before watching Advent Children. And it really makes all these Final Fantasy projects feel more connected. And and I, I think this is something that I keep saying, but I, I just feel like the more Final Fantasy VII stuff you consume or reconsume or consume in a recontextualized way, whatever it is, it just enhances it all. Like, I just feel like like any questions you have any theories you have it just makes it more fun to know more but like i really don't feel like uh you have to play every single thing like specifically some of the more obscure titles uh in, in the franchise but the more you play the more you get out of it. oh I, I loved learning more like you said right we learned more about Aerith and who Aerith is and what she has ties to i think that's the coolest part you get swept up in all these cool characters that you meet so early on, right? But you don't know. Some of them have a big backstory. Some of them are very important. And the cool part about Aerith being, you know, of ancient descent. You think she's you, just a small-town girl. <laughs> she, she's just small, She just wants to stay in the slums. She just wants she to wants live to in the flowers. Life. Keep it easy. But, like, she knows that she's tied to something bigger. And you get the tease of, there's something out there, and we're going to go out there. And she is kind of that guiding light of, like, now you know, hey, all of this is great, and, like, you're seeing it, and we're experiencing this, and we got to handle stuff in Midgar. But, like, there's a moment we're going to have to leave. Yeah. And, like, she is the one to lead that. And, of course, I got to go save her, I, too. I don't know if there's any cooler moment. Like, because there's a lot of moments in the game where the the directors and the writers will throw out a little hint to make you kind of go, what, what does that mean? Anyway, I got to keep on playing the game, right? And the you kind of start wondering to yourself, why are they after Aerith? And then, uh, why are they trying to kidnap Aerith? What is it about her? And, and why then, don't they just swoop her up? And then, just swoop her up. Once you kind of get that moment, you're like, oh, there's something. Like, she's got something about her. Mm -hmm. This isn't like a, this isn't a, you know, she's the president's daughter. Or she's actually, re this is like some real deep stuff. Uh, the story goes deeper and deeper yeah, <laughs> than we could ever imagine. God, it's so cool. And I just like, I, I love that. Um, She's just this random person with the kindest, sweetest heart and brings the smile out of cloud. And then you kind of like, oh, you're tipped off like, oh, shoot, there's something else actually happening here. And it's really kind of dark and sinister and weird. And I just I'm so excited for whatever the hell <laughs> Rebirth has in store for me. One of my favorite things about Remake was seeing these iconic characters come to life and and feel so well realized and either how I thought they were or somehow giving me like, oh, this is what they I, I was wrong. My head was wrong. They should have been this in my head all this time. And I think Aerith's a great example of it, of I love her character in Remake and there's a moment towards the end where she is like looking up at the sky and it's like raining and like she's seeing the sky for the first yes. time because uh -huh. she's lived her life mm -hmm. in hiding. She's lived her life in these slums, like all of that. And it's just such a, a powerful, beautiful moment that like 
is is backed up by an amazing performance by Aerith, but also just or um, by Brianna Taylor as yeah. as Aerith. But um, just so it, I, I feel like as somebody that grew up playing these games, watching these movies, all the stuff, being like in love with Aerith, like loving her more than I ever have. I feel like there's just so much more character to her just because this game allows those the performances to to be there. And it's not just reading text. It's not just using your imagination. Like it is one of the rare examples where it's like what you're seeing is actually better than your imagination. Oh. And I, I, I stand by that. Those performances are all incredible. I mean, I leaned over at Andy after the movie. And I was like, I like the new cloud better. And he goes, yeah, Mike, it's been a lot of time. And like the voice actors are incredible. But like, yeah, it's wild that... Each one of those characters, all the voice actors they bring are so good. Each one you mm -hmm. latch onto, they steal the show every single time. And it is absolutely amazing to hear all of it. Barrett gives some speeches mm. where you want to stand up and run through a wall. Because, yeah, we got to save the planet, dude. Ray, Ray Lewis before the football game, <laughs> exactly. man. He's getting the team pumped up. And then, you know, having that cool moment of like, oh, that's Spider-Man right there. Johnny. That's Yuri Lowenthal. Like, oh, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love having those like moments of connection with just other voices in gaming, and and it's just been a blast hearing Mike's. Uh, anytime Red Thirteen is on screen and he looks at me and goes, "Is that Johnny? Could be Johnny. Could <laughs> be Johnny." But Johnny <laughs> has this cool beard that looks like a tiger's claw, and you think, "Oh, maybe because like, Johnny's in and out." You know what I mean? Mike, I, I, what I love about that is is your theory. Never that, seen him in the same Red, spot. Red Thirteen is actually Johnny. Like I love. I'm not going to confirm or deny for you, but <laughs> I love that that is in line with the way Final Fantasy VII makes you think. Like. Something that wacky. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Possible. Yeah. And it feels right in this thing that you're talking about, like, oh man, the story about like the planet's life being sucked out, <laughs> how important and relevant it all is. And Mike has a theory that this like red talking tiger might be also a human. And it's like, yeah, that totally adds yeah. up. And I'm not questioning. It's funny. We're laughing because it's uh -huh. whatever. But I mean, we all saw your reaction to, to Kate Sith being shown for the first time. Right? <laughs> you might not even know that's his name, but the little uh, uh -huh, cat guy. Uh -huh. I yeah. didn't know he had a, a Scottish accent until last night. You like, <laughs> that, the voice? Yeah, that, was <laughs> that was shocking. I was like, what the hell is that? Because we didn't, again, we didn't hear a voice when we oh, saw you that cutscene. Yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. We just saw like the getting on the ground and, you know, Bang, you know, hitting the dirt or whatever. Um, yeah, you talking about um, <laughs> the the planet being sucked dry. We had a great, like, a huge laugh because Mike kept going like, what happens when they suck their whole planet dry? Like, does the plate just float off? I was like, no, it's the planet. Mike, like, it's the planet doesn't disappear. <laughs> like, it's just like it's still all together. It's just a dead Didn't planet. The whole time, saw it. It's gonna become a UFO and just fly off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the planet. It, the planet's just gonna crumble like an apple core. <laughs> but again, and I, I sound silly saying this, but like the game gives you enough stuff to think about that you're thinking about yeah. these things. Oh, yeah. so you're like, there's enough uh, iconography and like not just places, but like things in the places that you're like. Why does that look that way? Oh, you know what I mean? Like that's pretty cool. That's um, the cool part between the movie and the game too. It's like yeah. we live through the game, but then you see the movie and you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what the top plate, top side of the plate would look like, right? Like playing it, the, man, the world they built is so incredible. From the slums to the top, then seeing it in the game, you or in the movie, you're like, this is wild stuff. I was also really surprised by the uh, keeping true to the characters' visuals and everything. Like I going back to it. You see Claudio like, oh, damn, he looks identical. This is really, really cool. I wonder how the other character is going to look. I wonder how Reno's going to look. I wonder how, and, like, everything is, like, almost pretty much pitch perfect. Oh, you're talking about their Advent children look? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, gotcha. Yeah. Like, just in terms new of, like. costumes. Well, yeah, Barrett had, you know, rocking a new vest, and, you know, he's got cornrows. Uh, fishnet. 
going on. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. It, it was it, that that was cool, and I, I did expect to see more of that in the movie. I expected like, um, you know, maybe Rude grew his hair out a little bit, or so. You know, he, he has that, like the balding head or whatever, or maybe like Cloud would have longer hair or whatever. But I I did enjoy that seeing the video games versions of these characters is like they stayed true to their vision. They had a vision back with Advent Children of how are we going to make these characters look in a semi-lifelike visual mm -hmm. kind of vibe, right? Yeah. You know, we had these characters that have always looked like little toys in some cutscenes, and then when we get to the combat scenarios, they're a bit more proportionate to how they would look in real life, mm -hmm. but then you get back and it's just and like a little... cutscene, they look different. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it, there's like, so many different visual like, in the identities. In menu, there's like a 2D painting-looking version yeah. of them. Like, there's so all of that stuff. But yeah, like, dude, I mean, let's... let's uh, I want to talk about voice actors for one more second, and then I want to talk about the movie because uh, major shout out to John Eric Bentley, who's the voice of Barrett, oh. who just brings it with every single Real good. Line. Real and good. I got to meet him at the preview event. I got to meet the majority of the voice cast. They're all there. I didn't meet them all. They're so lovely, and they all care so much. Like I, it's there are so many uh, actors that I've met that really care about their characters. the The cast of Final Fantasy VII remake, they care about the final fantasy 7 characters so much and this world and seeing john eric bentley who's newer to the video game world be so energized he was walking around literally it felt like barrett was there like he was walking around as we're all playing like oh man like making jokes That's about awesome. everybody and it was just such a good vibe and like major shout out to him because i mean he brings it right like he yeah. it that elevated performance for a character that has had a lot of valid criticism um, over the years for how he was originally portrayed in in um, original Final Fantasy VII. Like, I love his portrayal in remake, and um, I can't wait for y'all to see how he uh, Marlene, how he is in uh, yeah Marlene there. Marlene, there Mike, Mike, when the plate fell, do you do you think that little uh, girl survived with all the cats that you didn't you didn't get all her? Oh cats? yeah, she was looking for a cat. You didn't uh, her cat. You know, <laughs> we ran like to another area and there was like seven cats. And he was like, well, why can't, can I just bring these cats? Like, no, but like, those aren't her cats. So he's like, yeah, but what's the difference? Just, <laughs> cat's like, cat. They're not her, a cat isn't a cat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there's something about this series of franchise and video games as a whole, where these voice actors really take to it and love it and bring so much pride to it. But something about Final Fantasy, because we got to meet Ben Starr and you can tell he cares, right? Like that guy, he's like, there's a legacy to this franchise and I'm going to bring it for them every time. And it's like, Treated you can just feel that. Yeah, the respect, the love. It's like, that's cool. Absolutely. And it, it was actually Ben uh, that that tried to get me uh, in touch uh, with John Eric Bentley. Uh, and he was like, dude, John has the energy. And when I I heard him while I was playing behind me and I was like, Ben was right. Oh, like, yeah. This is this is the guy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that, that was so awesome. But one thing I really enjoyed about uh, going back to the movie one more time was, um, again, I haven't seen this movie in 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever, like since I was a teenager. And I thought it was so neat as somebody who is very forgetful. I forget a lot of like key plot points and things like that. But for... Uh, for them to be like, oh, you, you hit our mother. That for the Advent Children to be like, you hit our mother in the statue of the meteor because that's how she came down. Yes. Oh. Like, oh yeah. Duh. So smart. Logo. Of course. Like I just like it's such a it's such a gimme. Of course. Yep. Like I I should have known that. I should not be surprised by that. But I still love that they are going back to the roots of the story and. It, it almost felt like watching, because of all the fades to black, mm -hmm. it felt like I was watching a YouTube 
kind of cutscene, a compilation Game of cutscenes. Game the movie, yeah. Because it was like, here's this scene, <laughs> cut to black, fade to black. Here's this scene, fade to black. <laughs> Andy, like, I, I just, I need to explain to you. Like, I know you watched it back then, but, like, I watched it with the context of it all. Right. Like, I, I was, like, fiending for this thing. Like, I was not, watching for the visuals, you, you know. know. <laughs> of course, and so was I, but yeah, I was yeah. also watching for the lore and for the music and for the action scenes and the references and the Easter eggs and all of it. And, oh, my God, it just delivered. And, like, I, I will say... Honestly, watching it last night for the first time in, in over a decade, um, I've seen this movie dozens of times easy, easily. I've specifically seen the action scenes hundreds of times, maybe thousand times when you're talking about the final fight and the Tifa church fight. Like, yeah. oh my God, I love them. Um, iconic. When that motorcycle gets going mm -hmm. and he puts the goggles on like, Ooh. oh, this is sick as hell, right? So cool. And then the side compartments of the motorcycle open up oh, you see the all the swords and the side swerving of the movement and again this was 2006 right 2004 2005 2005 and when we left the theater i was like it's in that moment that you know they've always had that dog in them <laughs> like the, the like these directors have always so had the stuff yep and you know you you're amazed by what you're seeing now with remake and and all the cool action scenes there but even dating back then to 2005, it's like, oh, this this was always in their bag. They always knew how to direct action, and it was just so cool to kind of see the inception of it. And you know what? It reminded me a lot of Tim. It reminded me of the work of the late great Monty Ohm. Dude, I mean, oh, I got chills you yeah. just saying that. But real talk, I was watching the movie last night, and duh, I already knew this, but seeing the motorcycle chase scene, I'm like, oh, this is literally the spiral fight from Red versus Blue, uh, whatever fucking season um that Monty Ohm directed the yeah. action of and like the way that the fights had seen like the dead fantasy series that yeah he did mm -hmm. oh my god seeing these characters but Advent Children was like hey this is that with the biggest budget possible for what we're trying to do here and seeing these characters do their limit breaks like the what no character in the movie just doesn't move every move is a reference to something and oh it is just so damn cool to see but Mike like you watching this what like what was your experience watching the movie I mean, it was super special. The music, the animation, the story, right? Because this is after Final Fantasy VII. This is like post, this is what has happened. This is where we are. So it is cool to see all these characters where we kind of stand and like, what's next? What are we doing, right? And I loved that. And so, yeah, I had so much fun. And like, yeah, the hunt for mother and what that meant to see characters for me that are still new, but like, oh, wow, they're still around, right? Rude and Reno are there with the president's son. And you're like, what are they doing? Oh, wow, they're working with Cloud now? Cloud has just become a package delivery guy? What is he doing? I need a cell phone in this world? Why do you need a cell phone? phone. I, I, I think Mike is in such a perfect place for it because, like, I... It, it's really cool for Mike to see this movie is post-Final Fantasy VII, mm -hmm. right? And you see where these characters end up. And you see that some of them aren't in the greatest of spots. Some characters... Uh, are are dealing with certain issues or whatever, and I love that for Mike experiencing the franchise for the first time, much like I am still to a lot to a larger degree. Totally. To be able to say like, "Hey, what what you just saw may or may not happen. We don't know." That's like that's what the remake in the remake is about, right? Like yeah. some of these things may change, some of them may stay the same. We don't know. We don't know exactly, but like. I, I told you last night, I, I think the movie has, like, a lot of goofy moments, a lot of, like, 
weird dialogue and spots. And some of that just made me like translation issues that didn't correctly go over to the English voice actors. Uh, it's it's goofy in a lot of spots. We had a lot of good laughs. A lot of like a lot of a lot of wow moments of of just hype and cutscenes and the amount of times that I said out loud, said out loud, this is the sickest shit I've ever seen. Like, and it's usually Cloud doing something awesome or whatever. Um, and at the near the end, near the the end of this boss fight, um, (laughs) video game, right? (laughs) Near the end of this boss fight to see Cloud being tossed up by all of his friends, these people that he's been on such a journey with, and they're helping him, and he's climbing, and he's soaring. And then, like, it'll always... Get, I'm getting choked up right now. It'll always get me emotional to have, like, a, a, a friend of a character that is no longer alive to reach out. And be with, the one. And have Aerith be like, Cloud, I got you. You know, whatever she says. To, I don't even... She couldn't have said anything. She didn't even have to say anything. I just get, like, so choked up in all moments like that. Oh. And... For it to be characters that I care about, god dang, what a freaking cool moment that was. A fight against a dark Bahamut, all yeah. right? You're fighting this big old motherfucker, and we get the whole team attacks. The whole team is here for this cameo moment. Like, yeah. this is fan service awesome. at its best. So yeah. cool. They're jumping up. They're doing all the fights, and Cloud, get him, get him, get him. He jumps through, and like he's like he does the charge up as he flies through the giant blast to get to this thing. And then when he gets the final Aerith power-up, and he runs, gets his sword down, and pulls it all the way up the length of the body of Bahamut. It is awesome. And even and even before that, the everybody's moment, the everybody's here moment. Yeah. Where things aren't looking great for everybody out there, right? All the all these kids who are dealing with the we were calling it the ligma, but they got the stigma and it's like this disease is killing them and everybody all this bad stuff is happening. And Dark Bahamut's going buck wild, Mike. And then who's here? Red shows up. Who else? Cool freaking weapon. Yuffie's here. Like, oh my god, yeah, dude! Like the whole that, team. That gets me too. I'm such a I'm such an easy target oh. for those winning moments, you know. But and, they took them in the yeah. Them. And yeah. that's the thing is, it's like there are very few things like Final Fantasy VII Advent Children for better or worse. But for the better parts of it, man, they oh. committed and it it delivered. And since 2005, I've been watching this movie and. I've been thinking, man, like, I imagine if a game looked like this. Imagine if this was what Final Fantasy was as a game. And we've been getting closer and closer and closer to yeah. that over the years. I remember playing Final Fantasy 13, And in a lot of ways, that game is very impressive visually. And I remember being like, oh, man, we're here. And I was like, no, we're not that. Yeah. Remake? We are it's here, debatably Tim. better. Tim, we are here. here. We're 100% here with that. Um, I mean, the final fight with Sephiroth and Cloud, like, when he's poking him all the way through, oh, and, and then he's got the whole tower collapsing on him, and he puts the sword underneath his feet, and he's standing there, grabs the next sword, and tells him to half. beg. Oh, I mean, I mean, like, so just, cool. Well, leading up to, before that, to have Kadaj, I'm gonna assume the character's name is Kadaj. Kadaj, one mm-hmm. of the you know the the main yeah. kind of like the main brother. Always, you know, having the remnants of of mother in this box, and the, it's leaking out over, and the last remnants. Dude is falling down. It looks like the fight's over, right? They're just, the whole crew is watching Cloud go to town yeah, on these uh-huh. people. And they're like, Cloud's got this. Don't worry about it. Kadaj is falling, infuses, and, and I forgot what happened in this moment, infuses this the mother Genova into cells. In, Genova cells into the chest. Boom, Sethroth pops up. and all. Of- but, but he doesn't just pop up. He goes like this. And his sword stops Cloud from doing the death strike. So, so cool. And then the music starts playing. 
Hello, Cloud. Me, oh! me, me, and Barrett next to each other, and Mike had just gone to the restroom, but he was watching from the hallway, so he was like watching in the aisle. And I hear Roger next to me, and all of us at the same time, just like, oh shit! <laughs> like it was hype as hell, dude. And to have that awesome oh, boss fight, special to see, moment to see Cloud like get work done to him, uh huh. And then the flashback, and 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 you have um, you have Cloud just bloodied up in like kind of a really gruesome way that i wasn't expecting yeah, yeah we haven't even talked about this character yet that's what i'm excited and for, for. zach yeah. to be there come on and be like you've beaten him before man you got this embrace your dreams mike you've beaten we're him gonna before. get embrace your come dreams on. tattooed on us and he's like you've been you got this and what did i was you know what did i tell you to do to carry you know to continue on your legacy i forget the exact lines of it You're my living like legacy that. be my you living legacy dude living i was tearing legacy. up in that moment too man <laughs> Powers the hell up, super saiyans, Tim. Does all the come blue on, shit. Oh my with God. all all the weapons, all the, all the different got, swords. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on. And that final sword just like landed down, dude. Oh, and that's the special part about this movie. God, I got goosebumps. Because in the game, we only we're teased of Zach. We don't get to see much of him yet, mm -hmm. right? But in the movie, the finale of it all with the sword, the Buster sword, right there. Yeah. In the, and he goes, "Is this a grave site?" And he goes, "No." It's where a legend was born or a well, hero I was mean, born. You're yeah, like, oh man. Yeah, man. Oh, there's a oh lot of break down there. Mike, I'm so excited for you. Talking about Zach, though, for a minute, yeah. all right? Zach, for some reason, I've I've always just loved him. And I, honestly, I think a lot of it just had to do with the fact that my best friend, Curran, Final Fantasy VII being his favorite game, he was a cloud guy. So that meant I was like, nah, nah, nah. Zach's better. Yeah. All right? Zach is Zach is my guy. To the point that... You're Leonardo, I'm Dantello. Yeah, sort of thing. Exactly yeah. <laughs> thing, you know? And back in the day, uh, Andy, like way before you officially worked here, um, you used to do art for Kind of Funny. And you were doing, I don't even remember what it was. It must have been like the original games cast. Yeah, I think it was an animation, yeah. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's make us as like different characters. Mm -hmm. So I think Greg was uh, Clementine from Walking Dead and Solid Snake. Mm -hmm. I was Pokemon trainer and we were supposed to have two. And you're like, who should you be? And I was like, Zach from Final Fantasy VII. You're like, I don't even know yeah. what you're talking about. I'm like, well, it's Cloud, but it's it, it, it's gray hair, essentially. I was but like, I'll just make you as Cloud. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, ah, and so you made me a Zach, though. Like, I yeah. have Zach in yeah, it, yeah. Which, is, which is awesome. But like, Zach's always been my guy. And uh, yeah. there's a game called Crisis Core, Mike, that was uh, the PSP game that came out after Advent Children um, that's a prequel to to all the things uh, that, that so far that we've seen. And I fell in love with that game back in the day. And uh, last year they put out the um, the remake of it or the uh, remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it. It was called Reunion uh, and it came out. So people could play it if they wanted to. Not required. Might cause more questions than answers. Ooh, but fun as hell in some ways. Goofy as hell. I still absolutely love it. Um, but real quick, Barrett, I wanted to bring up uh, something because as I was preparing for this hype cast here, I was like, am I correct in thinking that both crisis core reunion or crisis core reunion and final fantasy seven rebirth were both officially announced at the same, the same events. Yeah, they were. And they were. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder if those dates stuck and they did. And I just want to have a little hype on hype moment <laughs> and, and watch this real quick. If we could, um, if you'd bring up Barrett, just uh, the first one here. That is uh, me re realizing that the dream is finally happening. No, no. No, in Advent Children, the sequel, there was uh, other versions. I don't know about the prequel show.
You look a little bit like Riku from Kingdom Hearts. Just look yeah. at me here. Boy, oh it's boy. Crisis Core. Steep. Yes, it goddamn is. Let's go. I do remember that guy. Okay. So, I do remember that guy. What a dope scene in the movie too. What a cool yeah. scene. Bring it out there. All it took was that one shot, and I'm like, oh my god, they're doing it. Uh, and then if you could uh, go to the next time code there, Barrett, where uh, we get the the end of that trailer that had the release date for for the game. Protect your honor. As soldier! Come and get it! Oh. Whoa. This oh. winner. <laughs> yes! <laughs> right, just keep watching. Just keep going. Okay. We're eating everybody. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, are we about to give us a remake too? No. Yo, they are churning these things out. What we've done, oh. that's set in stone. The past Let's just watch this whole trailer. But the future, wow. even if it has been written, can be changed. So focus God on the future, it. not the past. God damn, I got him teary up, man. He wants to finish what he started. He wants to reclaim his Let's birthright. Let's You <laughs> really said this winter. With Genova at his side. What is that? I saw you lying there. I figured it was too late. Wait, what are you implying? That I died? That I'm some kind of imposter? What? This Man, is I got to tear awesome. my face. <laughs> it is going to divide people so much, but I love it. Where are you? What happened to you? I'm trying so hard to find you. Sorry. Feel like I failed you. <laughs> Rebirth. That's sick as fuck. Next no way. Way. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Available next winter, and everybody, we're here, baby. We're here. It we is are that living winter. It. Rebirth oh. is a week away. I can't. Not even. Not even a week away. Oh my God, Mike. I, watching that. Yeah. Where are you at? That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Twelve out of a ten right now on the hype scale of I want to just close my eyes, wake up. It's Thursday. Me and Andy are on the couch playing this game together because I cannot wait. I have so many questions I need answered. I want to play as other characters now that I've seen you can play as other people. That's going to be wild. And seeing the team-up moves are going to be cool. The music's going to be great. Where are we going? I mean, we didn't even talk about the finale of it all. Me on a motorcycle on that one, saving the day. Then we got the end. It's like, we got to go. And it's like, where are we going? I, I'm afraid to go, but we gotta go. <laughs> when, when they're looking at the portal, where Sephiroth walks to that portal and he's like, everything from here on out is like, whatever, you know, the, you know, the spacey shit he says, right? Like, everything from here on out. Here's this cool quote. And we're like, wow, this is like us stepping into the unknown. We're not sure what's gonna happen from here, Mike. And Mike just keeps going like, What's Barrett going to do about Marlene? Yeah, what <laughs> like, about Marlene? You're invested, man. I'm invested. I'm like, Mike, I think Barrett's got it. <laughs> like, I don't think you got it. <laughs> I'm worried about Marlene. I'm worried mm -hmm. about the whole team. I have questions. I got to know who this cat is and how does this oh, cat yeah. play a factor into my life right here? 
And where do we go? And what answers are going to be, you know, where are we going? And yeah, Mike alluded to it. On, on Thursday, we will be doing a, a larger stream than we normally do, similar to similar to other, like, marathon streams. But not really a marathon stream, but we want to push it longer, way longer than what a normal stream would be where we're hopping into, we're hopping into Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, um, we want Mike to play the Yuffie DLC because I think he can knock that out on easy difficulty pretty quickly. I think it took me like four hours to mm -hmm. beat the Yuffie DLC. It may take him like maybe three-ish on an easier difficulty. And we want to experience that together again. Like I, I want to just do as much as we can on that Thursday stream, the day that it releases. Uh, we're still kind of figuring out the logistics, but I'm super stoked to like see. We're going to find the source. Like experience this. We're going to find possibly new Midgar. You know, I love this bad people out there. We gotta stop them, man. It's crazy stuff. Oh. What are the crazy characters we're gonna meet? I danced for that dress. I earned the love and respect of those people at the wall market. Will I have something crazy happen again over there? <laughs> Who's the one executive of Shinra that like where they show all the new group and it's like it's the one Yuffie uh, villain, uh, the super hot lady. Uh, oh my God! Uh, the directors of communication. Like, we still have. She, she's a she's an absolute ass, right? She's oh like so God. rude, but she's an absolute Scarlet. baddie. And Scarlet. And then we see the other shorter dude, kind of like stockier frame. Yeah. And Mike goes, Don Corleone. <laughs> and it's like that's not Don Corneo. <laughs> that is not Don Corleone. <laughs> that is not him. What kind of new nicknames will we give people? <laughs> will we get person. to learn more about Zach? What's up? I mean, right there. watching Advent Children, what's up with there? There's so many questions that I have and I need answers. Will the director of communications, Scarlett, still have somebody walking around on all fours and she's putting her feet up on him? I don't know what she's going to do. Oh, man. Oh, man, so indeed. It is exciting times. Thank you all for hanging out. I needed this. <laughs> you yeah. know what oh. I mean? I've been talking about Bob a lot recently. Gotta get like, out. Ah. Gotta get I, out. Mike, honestly, it is. I'm just so excited for you. I'm so happy that this is hitting for you as, as, oh. as much as it is. Few short days away from rebirth. We're starting the journey on Twitch. That's yeah, gonna be a blast. Yeah, we are. But for everybody else, there's a demo out. Uh, there's a new demo out now, an expanded one. So you can even Junon. play like, in uh, some of the open world Junon stuff. Um, so definitely check that out. Remember, the game comes out on February 29th. You can get the twin pack that gets you remake the PS5 version, which also includes the the Ufi DLC that we're talking about, and of course rebirth. So um, get what a, hyped what about a, all that. Uh, what a dream! Square uh, ah. sponsoring us to just talk about this awesome stuff. And <laughs> I know we're, I know we're, we're ending the podcast. We're already in the gym shop. I'm sorry, Barrett. But like last night, we're there in the forest scene, and Cloud is like uh, fighting all the the Advent children, and then we just see a red cape out of nowhere. Mike goes, "He's got a red cape," and I was like, "No, that's Vincent Valentine, who I also don't know anything about, but he's, he's always looked cool." Go, go. What the hell, man? <laughs> he's got a cape. He's got a gun. <laughs> so sick. Oh my god! Until next time, stay hyped, everybody. <laughs>